Today we will be in, uh, actually I'll be reading from John chapter 13 here as we begin our uh, participation of the Lord's Supper and foot washing today. John chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. John 13, 12 through 17. It says, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let's pray. God in heaven, I want to pray today as we wrestle with this passage and we uh, have our communion service today. I just ask that you would guide with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Uh, may these be your words and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, today, I would like to talk about two invitations that Jesus is giving us in John chapter 13 and in this whole practice of the communion service. And that number one, that is an invitation to foot washing and also an invitation to the Lord's Supper. And I'm th I was thinking of a time when I was a missionary in Japan. I had just arrived in Okinawa. And uh, after being there for just a few months, I was invited to speak to the missionaries back on mainland, the Amer missionaries who'd come from the West and other parts of the world. There's a couple from Europe and Africa. Uh, missionaries that had uh, come to Japan to teach English. And I remember I was planning this trip uh, to go speak to these missionaries. And I thought, you know, I'm going to take some time, a couple of days, and I'm going to visit the ancient city of Kyoto, Japan. And if you've ever heard of Kyoto, Japan, it is probably my favorite city that I've, I've ever visited. I've been to, you know, a uh, few places in California. I've been to New York. I've been uh, you know, uh, Europe, uh, I've been to other places in Asia, but I love Kyoto, Japan. It's a beautiful ancient city, uh, and it still retains and holds a lot of the culture and traditions. And there are some times of the year that are so beautiful. And I remember um, I was debating in my mind, I, I put on, uh, at the time I had Facebook, I was going to invite other people to come. And I was thinking, I don't know if I invite people. Do I have to, like, kind of help with their expenses? Or, you know, do I have to plan everything for them as well, too? I was, I was kind of iffy, you know, about inviting it. But I didn't want to do it by myself, you know. So this was going to be uh, actually before I went and spoke to the missionaries. Um, in, uh, it was a place east of Ta uh, Tokyo where our, our college is there. And so anyway, I went ahead and I made the invitation. And so um, I put, I made the invitation to my church members there in Okinawa and some other friends back in mainland Japan. And uh, there's one person who came that was uh, very, what town turned out to be a very special trip for me. And that was Sumako. 
So we had been friends for many months before this. But only one showed up. But this trip, and uh, no, I didn't pay for her expenses or anything like that. I was too poor, you know. She paid for her own room and she paid for her own meals and all that stuff. And so, uh, but uh, anyway, that was the trip that uh, really solidified our relationship moving and started moving into really dating, you know, from friendship to, to something more. And so I'm so I'm so glad that she that I made the invitation for others. Maybe it was God's plan that it was you know nobody, but I'm so glad she took the invitation. Amen. Amen. And so as a result of accepting the invitation, um, our relationship blossomed. It was a beautiful time. You know, we got to experience this. We, you know, I remember walking uh, by the river in Kyoto. Uh, at night, you know, there's all these people and lights and, and restaurants. It was just so nice. And we got to walk around together. And um, here today we are, are married. And I think that was the thing that took us into that next step. And uh, it's turned out to be just God's wonderful blessing. And, you know, I share that with you today. And I think about this invitation that Jesus is giving us today to participate in this wonderful, beautiful thing of communion. And this invitation that he is giving us to, with him to experience something that can take our relationship with Jesus to the next level. And it's all in how we approach it. I mean, that, that trip could have been a disaster, you know. It could have ended. It could have ended anything that, you know, potentially between Sumaco and I. It could have ended bad, you know. But, um, but it ended good. And so Jesus is inviting us. He's inviting his disciples to do something, especially at that time and in that culture, that was just in many ways unthinkable. To wash someone else's feet was for slaves. And in many cases, not just for any slave, but also a Gentile slave. Many times Hebrew slaves were not required to wash someone else's feet. So Jesus, in, in doing the foot washing and inviting his disciples to do the same thing, this is quite radical for them. And inviting them to the table to take the, the wine and the bread after they had been used so long to doing the Passover, killing the lamb and, and partaking in that, and to switch in their Jewish minds from this, this tradition, this ceremony that had been around for hundreds and over a thousand years. Now, now they were going to be partaking in the table and he's inviting them to partake in the table in a different way. But Jesus, when he gave them this invitation, he didn't just do it with words. He also did it in his actions. He showed them the deep meaning and the importance of, of these services and how God, why God wanted them to participate in these things. I found an, an article here. I was sharing it with you, uh, those of you who were here early this morning uh, for our opening comments from um, Dr. Uh, Urquhart Mueller, who's the Associate Director for the Biblical Research uh, Institute. 
This was taken from a uh, from a copy of the Elder's Digest, uh, the July, August, September uh, quarter edition of the Elder's Digest. And these are some of the things he says concerning uh, John chapter 13. He says, foot washing stresses the Lord's love. The paragraph containing the account of how Jesus instituted it is encircled by the principle of love. John 13.1 emphasizes love, love for his disciples and even for Judas Iscariot, who became his enemy. In spite of what he knew would happen soon, he served the traitor as he did the rest of the disciples. In doing this, Jesus, Jesus showed us how to live. He showed that love, not retaliation, is the principle of the kingdom. Love, not retaliation, is the principle of the kingdom. As soon as G Judas had left Jesus and the group of his disciples, Jesus issued his new commandment. And he's quoting here from John 13. A new commandment I give you, give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Foot washing is an act of sacrificial love. He goes on to say, It is evident from the way Jesus spoke to his disciples about his act of washing their feet that a symbolic cleansing is intended. Right? It has to be symbolic because he washed Judas's feet, but was Judas clean? No. When he left that place, his heart was dirty and soiled even though Jesus had, had, did, had committed, committed this act of love toward him, he left that place a traitor. He left that place filled with the spirit of Satan. So the act of foot washing itself, of communion itself, in and of itself, just participating in it, without the heart being in these emblems, without the heart being in this act, means nothing. There are some uh, denominations that teach that just partaking in these things has meritorious effects. That means it has the power to save us. It contributes to our salvation. But it, it's only a part of our salvation if the heart is in the act. So Judas left the place unclean because he had determined to betray Jesus. Thus, the concept of cleanliness deals with moral purity and moral defilement. Even after having been washed completely at the beginning of our walk with the Lord, further cleansing through the act of foot washing is necessary. The figurative language of John 13.10 seems to refer to baptism and compares it to foot washing. The term luo to bathe or to wash in the original language is used in Hebrews 10.22 to describe baptism. Members of the Christian community commit sins even after having been baptized. These post-baptismal sins require forgiveness. 
Foot washing points to the fact that Jesus is willing to wash away these sins and cleanse us. We need forgiveness, and forgiveness is granted to us through our Lord and Savior. And every time we participate in these things, we are reminded of that. By washing each other's feet, we humbly kneel before our brother and sister in Christ as their servants, taking the position of a bondservant and remembering that we are all servants and slaves of Jesus Christ, not by force nor by manipulation, but we volunteer just as Jesus volunteered. You remember the scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verses 8. 5 through 8, which says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. If God himself came to earth to serve and to take the position of a bondservant, then we should do the same. But that means more than just the acts that we participate in today. God wants to renew us. He wants us to have a fresh new look on what it means to be a servant. But what about when we leave the four walls of this church? What about when we go into our community, our schools, our workplaces? What about when we go to our homes with our spouses and children and others? God is calling us to service, not just on Sabbath morning, but every day of the week. He is inviting us to take the same humility that he took upon himself. Jesus is inviting us to take his example as we wash each other's feet today. At this time, let us accept his invitation to cleansing and to service.